In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Support Black Podcasts. Greg Hill presents Minority Trailblazer, the podcast dedicated to minorities who are blazing a trail in a variety of industries such as education, business, comedy, entrepreneurship, and more. Greg's goal is to share their stories in hopes to inspire, educate, and ultimately encourage others to live with purpose and passion. Check out Minority Trailblazer, available on gregehill.com, as well as on SoundCloud and every place that you find good podcasts. Remember, support Black Podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 on G-Town Radio. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are closing out Mother May I Have Another <laughs> Month of Very Bad Films with... A very bad film <laughs> that was filmed here in Philadelphia. Here in Philadelphia. We are talking about 2002's State Property, uh, featuring Beanie Siegel, Emilio Sparks, Memphis Bleak, and in a totally improvised uh, role, one Damien Dash. Damon Dash. Oh, Damon Dash. That's right. It's not Damien. It's Damon. Perhaps the best actor in the film. Oh, I beg to differ. Okay. With you on that. I can't wait to hear who's a better actor than Damon Dash in this. Oh, I'll tell you. And I'll tell you why. Okay. You, you know what? I guarantee you will agree. With I'll you. agree with you. All yes, right. You All right. Yes, you will. Um, but before we do that, ladies and gentlemen... As always, we like to touch on all of the feedback that we get from each and every one of you that writes us at Mission at gmail.com. Also, uh, likes and follows us on Mission on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or locates us on the Podglomerate Podcast Network. In our emails, Vince, we got an email from Aaron Fry. Hey, what's up, Aaron? Talking about bad films, saying whenever I think of bad films, I always pick two films from the 70s. Okay. Norman, Is That You? Oh, yeah. With Red Fox and Pearl Bailey. This whole film was a waste of talent. My number two film. I've never actually seen it. I've never actually seen it. I've heard a great right, deal I've about seen it. the trailers. Because I think, that, isn't that like, like the, Norman is gay? Like somebody yeah. figures out they're gay. Because and- I think that came out right at the height of of Sanford and Son. Right, right. And it was like Red Fox, I mean, it may be his only like leading role. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. But yeah, I've never actually seen it. 
the number two film that Aaron thinks of is Skin Game with James Garner and Louis Gossett Jr. There is a reason this is number two if you get my meeting. YouTube has trailers for both of these films. Skin Game, is that the one in the Old West where Louis Gossett Jr. pretends he's James Garner's slave? Uh, I don't know. Let's let's have a look and see if we can't find Skin Game is an American independent comedy western directed by Paul Bogart and Gordon Douglas. Uh, it is Quincy Drew, James Gardner, Jason O'Rourke, Louis Gossett. That's an interesting name for a black guy. Yeah. Travel from town to town in the south of the United States during the slavery era. Both yeah. men first meet. When O'Rourke sells Drew a house, a horse, excuse me, a stolen horse, um, they develop a con together in which Drew claims to be a down-on-his-luck slave owner who was selling O'Rourke as a slave. Yeah. Drew gets the bidding rolling, sells O'Rourke, and the two later meet up to split the profit. Yeah, it's... an amazingly bad taste, obviously, just by listening to the description Mm-hmm. But I seem to remember it being a fairly competently made film. Well, it, I mean, one would gather that it's got to be at least competently made because James Garner, even in 1971, was a certifiable like movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Star. Yeah. In that time, and Louis Gossett had, certainly was seeing his star on the rise. Sure. Sure. This was from 1971. Um, he certainly was a stage actor by then. Yeah. Like a well-renowned stage actor. I can see them trying to, you know, there's sometimes, like, there are some stories that you you take a stab at. You take, you, you, you take your shot. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, maybe they're tilted the wrong angle, could maybe be done in bad taste, or just... <sighs> get things wrong and right, be, just right. be a little just be like a little icky yeah you yeah. know and i can see this one like kind of like going there not quite sure how you get it right yeah but you know 71 71 and i think i think if you starting with james garner and lewis gossett on your um as your as your as your directors i mean as your actors and then you've got a, a um you know ed asner in the in your cast as well, mm-hmm. I think you, you you probably think you're starting from the right point, right? Right. So it probably just, just doesn't matter, age well. Probably doesn't age yeah. well. It's probably a matter of how to how it all comes together. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. I, that might be an interesting film to. It, it's yeah, it might be. Yeah, I think that might be an interesting film to check out. It, it's yeah. kind of like one of those old people's channels. They still are running reruns of Hogan's Heroes, mm-hmm. which is surreal. Yeah, you're not a Hogan's Heroes fan, are you? Well, here's the thing. I was a Hogan's Heroes fan, and I think, you know, like, you can't deny how good the show was. Right. But, yeah, funny Nazis. Yeah, funny Nazis. Like, funny Nazis. Like, you can't really get over that hump. I don't know. When you, if you watch, I guess they weren't super funny, but there was, there was some comedic, uh, comedy to, uh, um, 
pulled from the movie that basically provided template for Hogan's Hero, which was Stalag 17. Sure. Admittedly, sure. more than a few years before Hogan's Hero. Yeah. But it provided kind of like that template. And there was definitely some funny Nazis in there. You know, they were a lot more competent. Than yeah. They were shown oh, well, and I think that's it. I think, you know, they become sort of the comic relief. Yeah. In Hogan's Heroes. Like, I don't think there were any menacing Nazis in Hogan's Heroes. No, well, not in the camp. Right, so you know the menace was all from outside of the yeah, camp. yeah, yeah. But skin game, yeah, yeah. Aaron, I think you may have inadvertently put something on the fast track. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. Yeah. Um, Norman, is that you? I we'll we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Britt Sankofa wrote us. Wow, that's a real cool name, Britt. I like. I know. I might have to kill Britt and eat his heart and take his name. Well, it's B R I T T. Would that be? Is a, that a woman? I think that would be a woman. See, now it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm more comfortable eating a man's heart. Maybe that's sexist. Is that sexist? I believe so. Took a weird turn, didn't it, Lynn? You weren't ready for that. I was not. <laughs> Britt wrote us about poor, pretty Eddie. Huge fan of the show. I have a recommendation you. for you all that I'm pretty sure qualifies as a black movie, though the only black character is played by Leslie Uggams. All right. I like that Leslie Uggams, though. Yes, I do. All right. Who is criminally in only one, maybe two scenes in Deadpool 2. Is she really? Yeah. That's a shame. And I and I think, you know, even though she's not in a lot of the first one either. Yeah. I think she, she was fantastic, though. She was fantastic. And I was hoping we'd be hitting a Leslie Uggams renaissance. So am I, because she is so good. I Her timing Leslie is on point. I do yeah. love myself some. And she looks fantastic. She does. For her age. She does. You know what I mean? And she's not trying to like, you know, she's not walking around in her daughter's wig. No, or anything no, like no, that. No, no. Putting on airs. Leslie Uggams, big. Big, I, I'm a huge fan. Anyway, this movie is called Poor Pretty Eddie, where uh, Uggams plays a singer on her way to a gig when her car breaks down in an isolated redneck part of Georgia. Oh, oh no. Oh, well. This sounds terrible. <laughs> this sounds, things are quickly going to go left. Yes. She is forced to stay at a rundown lodge with Bertha, played by Shelley Winters. Oh, my goodness. Her much younger Elvis impersonator boyfriend, Eddie, played by Michael Christian, and Kino, played by Ted Cassidy, who we know best as Lurch from the Adams Family. Oh, my goodness. This, this is quite a cast. This sounds like some Texas Chainsaw Mask. <laughs> With its racial tones and morbid depiction of white interest in black bodies. It's hard not to cross-reference this film with Get Out. Okay. Also, the stories behind the film's production are just as interesting as the film itself. For instance, most of the cast are former Triple X stars from the 70s. Can't wait for you two to tackle this eerie piece <laughs> of Southern Gothic. Boy, the missionaries are pulling them out this episode. They certainly are. I like that. Oh, my Lord. Oh, you know what? This may have to get fast-tracked. Yeah, it? yeah. Like, I'm assuming that these triple X stars are um, not, not Leslie doing, Ag- or not doing triple X stuff in the film. Who knows? Who knows? Did you ever see Freaks? Is that the one with, like, the, uh, the older, like, from the 30s film? Uh, with like the, the, I don't know if this well, like the, like the 50s. The, like all the sideshow freaks. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's actually from the 40s, man. Is it that old? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because yeah. it's Todd, uh, 
Todd, uh, Todd, 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 Todd. Todd, what's his name? That guy. Like, look up Freaks and Todd, and it should pop up. I'm about to look it up now. Freaks movie. Uh, the movie Freaks. Oh, God, great. It won't look, look it up that way. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Freaks movie. Okay, yes. Free, yeah, from 1932. Mm-hmm. Todd Browning. Todd Browning. Yeah, yeah I knew yeah. it was. I knew it was a lot older. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember it being that old. I think because it affected me that much. Because this one is pre uh, is pre uh, is before the code put down. Because well, that makes sense. They, they, they couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those that don't know, Freaks is um, it basically is a film that shows uh, basically uh, sideshow freaks. Yeah, people who used to be in sideshows. Like the carnivals, like the, the bearded lady. Yeah, and, and I think the lobster boy is in it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and it basically talks about it's 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 if you watch it, it's kind of like build it's like a horror joint, but mostly because you're just watching these little f- actual freaks running right, around. Right, right, right. Uh, but the catchphrase on a poster is can a full grown woman truly love a midget? Freaks, yeah, and it's yeah. from MGM. So oh yeah, oh like, yeah, and, like this is a real thing. Yeah, this is not the poverty row. Right. But I was thinking, no. you know, these films kind of using people as almost uh, um, a hook mm-hmm. in other roles. And I'm wondering if if this film that uh, Brit is talking about, if if they advertised it that way, like, oh, well, we have pornographic actors in the film, right? Not doing pornography, and you kind of. But regardless, sounds like an interesting movie. It definitely does. Yeah. Uh, we got another email. Emails were popping. All right. Sherry D wrote us again. Hey, what's up, Sherry? Hello, Vincent Len. Are you still planning to do a Saturday morning cartoon binge lounge? Oh, yeah. Do you remember Rickety Rocket? I do remember Rickety Rocket. It's uh, one that I watched when I was a kid, but really wasn't too crazy about. My mother didn't like us to watch it, but Fat Albert was okay. I think she supposed that Fat Albert was created by a brother, you know who, and that Rickety Rocket was likely a depiction of us from, quote unquote, another community. Oh. Uh, I don't actually remember Rickety Rocket. Uh, It was basically a junkie rocket and some black kids on it, and they had adventures. Really? I mean, it's Scooby Doo. Everything was Scooby Doo. Oh, so it was around yeah. that time, right? Everything was right. So it was yeah, some kids, yeah. and they'd get in a little hijinks and. Ricky. We could do a binge lounge of nothing but naming the Scooby Doo knockoffs. The Scooby Doo knockoffs, yeah. Which, which the crazy part about it, most of them were made by the makers of Scooby Doo. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 a good well to go to. Was is there if you like real quick? Mm-hmm. Was there any one Scooby Doo knockoff that kind of penetrated for you and like you know, hey, I, I, I like this uh, in and of itself? My choice would probably be Jabba Jaw, but if I'm being brutally honest, I really like the Chan Clan. Wow, I know, right? Wow, Vince, the I know, Chan right? Clan, I like the Chan. You know what it is? I like the theme song. And I thought they looked real cool. The Chan Clan. I thought the kids. I thought they were like. I thought the the Fred the the Asian version of Fred and the Asian version of Vel, well the Asian version of. I thought they looked real cool. I thought they, I thought 
they were real cool kids. For those who don't know, the Chan clan was basically purported to be the family of Charlie Chan. Right. The uh, famed detective of, of back in the 30s and 40s movie serials. Um, his kids, his offspring, solving, solving mysteries. And they had a band. Well, all the, all the groups. All the knockoffs had a band. Had a yeah. Band. Which yeah. was interesting because... Scooby Doo, they weren't they, a band. They weren't musicians. They were just you in know it. why? Because they, they they didn't play that. Nah, <laughs> they was about solving mysteries. Well, they was about solving mysteries and going to the back of the mystery. About saying in weed to the mystery machine, <laughs> right? To, yeah. to, to get hot, exactly yeah. for a little mystery. Yeah. It, see, I was going to say Jabber Jaws too, but if I'm brutally honest, I would only say Jabber Jaws because the theme song. Yeah, I liked it. It's a good one. It's a great. It's a, a catchy theme song. But the one that I think actually penetrated for me, and I think is that I just didn't mind watching. In hindsight, it was dumb and stupid. Right. Um, was uh, Speed Buggy. Speed Buggy was good. Yeah. Speed Buggy was a Speed Buggy had a nice theme song, too. I don't even remember this theme song. I mean, I can't repeat it right. I just remember it had a, a cool theme song. Yeah, well, Speed Buggy was a, like basically a talking car. Yeah, but you know, part of it was just like just up Saturday morning without your parents and yeah. eating cereal, and you mm-hmm. had that crazy sugar high. Oh, I so you were like damn near hallucinating. You were watch. <laughs> you were man. So you are but but yeah sherry d we we are we are way behind on um we've got a bunch of binge binge lounge binge topics yeah to so. throw out there uh, but that's definitely a good one Absolutely. and we will make sure to to visit it yeah uh okay i think that was the end of our emails all right um we see let's see let's see let's see christopher goodnight posted to the michelle mission um group hey what's up chris Talking about uh, Gemini Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went back and forth a couple of times about that. Gemini Man, which is being um, coming out in 2019, um, starring Will Smith, Clive Owen, Benedict Wong, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, Chris says that Will Smith hasn't interested me in a long time, probably since Men in Black 2 or Bad Boys 2. Um, This movie the gemini man wasn't written for will smith it was actually written for mel gibson in its original form but it had 15 different writers at the at this point the most recent and presumably final writer wrote the hunger games and captain phillips is and is a writer of the newest terminator movie most interesting to chris is that will smith is playing both roles through groundbreaking de-aging technology maybe this could be the start of his return yeah it sounds like it's a little bit like looper mm-hmm. so like will smith is i think is an aging hit man and now you know a younger version is coming and that, that's I, exactly like looper. yeah i think it's some and i think at one point this was one of the um what's the name of my list every year that they put out of the screenplays of the, oh, the blacklist i think this at one point was on the blacklist oh really yeah because because okay. i've sort of it's been on my radar for years mm. so yeah. so well we'll see we'll, we'll actually see look we'll see if it actually comes comes to pass because will smith has had bad boys three on, i know on the on a you know, on the books for a minute. I almost don't want him to make any more movies. Like, I just want him to do this, like, like do Instagram stuff. Oh, you saw Like, him. Will Smith on Instagram is an utter delight. Did you see him in the studio? Oh, yeah. 
How did you? What did you think of that? Uh, I mean, he's Will Smith. I mean, he's an MC. Yeah, but like what, he's actually an MC. I liked it. You know, it's like a minute. You know, spit I real liked quick. it. I liked it. He was good. He yeah, got, he's got the chops. There was a part of it. Part of it, though. I, I, I guess to me, there was a part of it like the braggadocious part of it. I mean, that he was doing, and and I understand that that is hip hop. And and what else can Will Smith talk about exactly? Well, you would think that he would find something else to talk about. Well, here's the thing. I think the problem with Will Smith, or not the problem, but but it's always right there, is that you and I are old enough to remember. People call Will Smith soft mm-hmm. from the moment he start rapping, almost. True, but Will Smith is an actual MC. No, he's 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 damn fine on the mic. Right, like people think that Will Smith is is you you know the parents just don't understand video and this that and yeah. other. Although even that, I would argue, is a fine example of storytelling. It is. It's a great example. You know, a lot of MCs can't do. Most of them can't. But, you know, I do think that's always right there. See, but to me, like, and this is reading a whole lot into just one little verse, even though it it sounded like this is going to be him coming back with another album. Um, Maybe he doesn't. Hopefully he's not. Um, because I, there's a part of me that feels like Will Smith, especially since some of his movies haven't been really popping, right? Is trying to maybe revisit lost glory, you know, mm. his past glories, and it, 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 I, I, I smelled that a little bit off of there, um, and like I said, maybe it's I'm just reading too much in him to just having fun on the microphone, right? Um, which you know, shame on me for doing so because it was good. He was having fun. Um, but just being braggadocious the way that he was, it just just came. It it, it smelled like a little a little desperation there. Oh uh, well, I hope not. I hope not. I, I like to not. believe he's just wandering around the house, yeah, being a rich guy and doing I, stuff. I hope so too, because yeah. I, I you know at at my heart of hearts, while I may not be the biggest fan of Will Smith movies. Yeah. I am a Will Smith fan. Yeah, I do yeah. I, I do think very much. Like I like to think that one of them children showed him what Instagram was <laughs> like eight months ago. And he mm. said, Ooh, this is neat. Right. So Jamal Nuh hit us up. What's up, Jamal? Saying that he had just watched Fahrenheit 451 on HBO. Oh, I still haven't caught it. He says, and Michelle Fitz um, concurred that not only was it terrible. Oh, no. It was basically equilibrium mm, without any of the fun gun kata. I wouldn't waste my time watching it. Oh, no. Wow, that's bad. Because equilibrium, I actually enjoyed that film. That's the film with. Um, oh, that's not that. It's Tay Diggs and. Uh, Tay Diggs and. Uh, Christian, not Christian Slater. Um, uh, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah. It's not a great movie, but the, some of the you know the actions of it is uh, kind of cool. It's one of my least favorite Matrix knockoffs. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a Matrix knockoff. Oh, that's that's too bad about Fahrenheit 451. I was looking forward to that. I was. I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm still going to watch it. I actually, yeah. but the thing is, I wasn't looking. I'm not. The whole idea of it being some kind of action thing, yeah, is not. Uh, I, I don't right, that doesn't make that sense way. at all. Yeah, yeah. The, like the trailers doesn't even like sell it. Like that, yeah, as far yeah. As I know. So I I don't. 
understand going into it looking for that. You know what I'm watching? And I'm talking about I'm backed up and, and not watching stuff. But then I've, I've, I'm like what, episode seven because I keep watching episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm not really here to recommend Netflix's Lost in Space necessarily. <laughs> right, right. But I really like evil Parker Posey. I do. Like well, I, she I, yeah. is really selling the creepiness aspect. She of is, it. isn't she? And I, I finished think, it, but yeah, yeah. And I think she is an example of what we talk about periodically. Where I like that she's gotten a little older. Mm-hmm. Like a little older Parker Posey is a really interesting actress. Yeah, but well, to be fair, I've been a huge fan of Parker Posey for a long time. I agree with you, but I don't think anyone ever knew what to do with her. That's fair. I don't think anyone ever knew what to do with Parker Posey. And now that she's a little older, it kind of liberates her Mm -hmm. from, you know, everything that they put on actresses to be pretty and be sexy and or like overtly sexy and this, that and the other. Mm -hmm. And she's turned what could have been a throwaway role into something really interesting. So. Uh, Let's see. What else we got? I'm not going to pop on... uh everything here mm-hmm. but um this is one of the episodes where people are calling us i was like yeah y'all spending so much time doing all this kind of stuff because you're not gonna have a whole lot to say about the movie <laughs> shut up <laughs> they've caught on uh, <laughs> have they let's just looking everywhere let's see what's on aol <laughs> My grandmother emailed us from her Yahoo account. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah, lot of stuff here. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm trying. I wanted. I want to. I'm trying to represent everybody here. Not nah, here. Yeah, the usual suspects. Walt Walterson. Hey, what's up, Walt? Um, yeah. Uh, posted on our page a statement from Sterling Brown. Oh, about uh, the, the young player, I believe a rookie from the Milwaukee Bucks. Who was caught up in that whole? Yeah, getting tasered. Yeah, yeah, for absolutely no reason. Um, basically, parking over the line. Yeah, at, at like two in the morning. Yeah, um, and uh, it was a statement from Sterling Sterling Brown. He was he's a young rookie with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he wrote a statement about you know shouting out how the NBA is is standing with him. Right. Uh, he was saying, he says in, I'm um, reading from his statement, um, this experience with the Milwaukee Police Department has forced me to stand up and tell my story so that I can help prevent these injustices from happening in the future. Situations like mine and, and worse happen every day in the black community. Being a voice and a face for people who won't be heard and don't have the same platform as I have is a responsibility I take seriously. I'm speaking for Dontre Hamilton of Milwaukee, Laquan McDonald of Chicago, Stefan Clark of Sacramento, Eric Garner of New York, and the list goes on. These people aren't able to speak anymore because of unjust actions by those who are supposed to serve and protect the people. The common denominator in all these situations has been racism towards the minority community, the abuse of power, and the lack of accountability for officers involved, the lack of repercussions for the police officers involved in so many of these cases is offensive. This is a slap in the face to the victims, families, and to uh, the communities. 
And then he goes on to say about how he is actually um, taking legal action good against the Milwaukee Police Department to continue forcing change in our community. Yeah. I have a friend, one of my friends, you know, an economist where he says this is this is if something's going to happen, this is how it's going to happen. Like people just have to keep suing. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to sue these cities. Yeah. And see, because, you know. Yeah. And he's got if you no, if anybody's got a lawsuit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got. A yeah. Lawsuit. I think these cameras have changed everything. You would think. You would well, think, you know, I, th- I think I, they would have thought twice. I think it takes a minute to steady the boat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. So, yes. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands. With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. We'll be right back after we step for these messages. Did you know Thomas Jefferson received a 1,200 pound block of cheddar cheese for his presidential inauguration? That a 17th century pope spent $25,000 on sugar sculptures for a single banquet? Can you tell me exactly why was Marie Antoinette so hung up about cake? Medievalist and food historian Laura Carlson brings you The Feast, a podcast where meals make history. Let Laura take you on a culinary journey to the past. Find out how food and drink has changed the course of history from royal banquets to revolutionary lunch counters. What ancient and medieval foods are lurking in your kitchen cabinet? Discover the histories behind your favorite recipes from tofu to ketchup to beer. Join Laura Carlson on The Feast, brought to you by Podglomerate. Because food is just history on a plate. Dig in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, our feedback for this evening. Uh, we want to thank each and every one of you, as always, that reaches out to us. We yes, absolutely. Appreciate it very much. Very much. Um, and if you are so moved, please log into Apple Podcasts yes. and leave us a ranking and a rating because that really helps us. Yes, it, really it does. It helps show people find our show. And, you know, I'll share a little bit of good news that me and Vince just had before the show. We were actually speaking with our new our new podcast home, Podglomerate. Yes. Shout out to to Jeff. You know, shout our, out to Jeff. Our man, Jeff and Chris, our our guys at Podglomerate, who was sharing with us that really through no true advertising of our own, 
we have phenomenal not only do we have phenomenal numbers yes from where we were just like three three months ago yeah but they said we've got fantastic numbers through spotify yes that really shocked me yeah oh yeah that really shocked me because like it it, that through spotify we are getting like a a bunch of people checking us out yes and and we thank all of you yeah spreading the word and Staying with us. Yes, please do. Please uh, keep sharing the word, uh, spreading it out there. Um, and also a, a quick shout out. Uh, not even a shout out, but just a word for for uh, a couple of our people that are, are listening. Um, uh, I had some mail come back to me. Uh, we got returned in the mail. Okay. For some reason... I keep trying to hit the mystics off with these shirts and these oh uh, lapel pins, and they keep getting returned back to me. So I'm going to hit up uh, Dorian one more time. Yes. To verify. That say, I is am, he giving you fake? I don't know. I think <laughs> fake I, addresses. I think he may be giving, giving me the wrong address. I had to talk to Simone. Get the address from her. We may have to go to Simone. Yeah. But 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 part of this made me think. Are they mad at us for some reason? Maybe they don't want. Maybe they don't want. Well, that would be heartbreaking. That would be very heartbreaking. I also got returned mail from. Um, I sent one out to Omar. Omar maybe Dorsey. They're, maybe as they're well. giving us the wrong stuff. Well, Omar, I actually saw what the problem was. Okay. Omar, I actually inverted the zip code, oh. so it didn't. So it didn't get there. So that was my mistake. So okay. that's going back out in the mail. All right. I, mean, I think because of the whole zip code thing, it got hung up out there in the mail. So right. It took a right, while to get right. back here. Got you. Got you. Um, got you. But uh, but the mystics. This is like about the. This is like the third time. This. Mm. Well, I don't even want to dwell on that. I don't even want to dwell on that. Hopefully, it's a misunderstanding. I'm sending it back out. And that we understand. All right. I know. Oh, that whimper was, wasn't about that. I was whimpering because now it's time to review. <laughs> State property. State property. This city right here we call brotherly love. Ain't no love here. This is the story of a hustler named Beans. Yo, we got to talk about some business. Who built his empire. So you got to make it where ain't no competition. By any means. ABM, we all about that money. Blood money, huh? The only kind of money there really is. They already respect us like the old black mob. How about they gonna respect us like the new black mob? Right here, enjoying the fruits of our labor, man. Just when he thought no one could touch him. Somebody did. You touch my girl. If I don't get my money, there's a good chance your chick's gonna come back pregnant. Put your 3D glasses on them, because you know we coming straight at you. I move blocks and pounds. I move out with small blocks and towns. Move out with small blocks and pounds. Uh-huh. And I take everything to the table, bag and rock it down. When it come to Kobe, chain out with me. My chief about to take over the city of Philly like John Street. Beanie Siegel, Jay-Z. Damon Dash, Memphis Bleak, Emilio Sparks. Game ain't over. It's gonna be trouble. State property. You gonna get down or you gonna lay down? State property. (laughs) 
a 2002 American oh, crime film produced by Rockefeller Films. Yes, sir. Distributed by Lionsgate. Starring Beanie Siegel, Emilio Sparks, Memphis Bleak, Damon Dash, mm. and in a cameo, yes, Jay Z, yes, Abdul Malik Abbott directed and co-write co-wrote this screenplay with Ernest Tron Anderson, yes, loosely based on Aaron Jones and the JBM Philadelphia drug trade from the early eighties to the nineties. Mm. It was followed by a sequel state property two which was released in 2005 the synopsis of this film (laughs) so that we can just go full-blown into this hey man let's let's just go ahead and do it frustrated with being broke Mm, okay beans yes played by seagull decides that the only way to grasp the american dream is to take it the film follows Beans and his crew, the ABM, as they take over the city, creating mayhem as their empire builds. Beans now struggles to maintain his family life while bumping heads with opposing gangsters and the police, coming to a head when he cannot surpass the city's most notorious crew, run by Untouchable, played by Jay-Z, and Dame. Played by Damon Dash. The, the move and when Beans used people yeah. as they were filming it. The the moves Beans and the ABM decide to make come with severe consequences. Yes, yes. State property, the final film oh, on you. our oh, May oh, month oh, thank of you, Mother Black May Movie I Jesus. Thank you, Black comes. Movie Jesus. <laughs> and brought to us by one Vince. William. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we yeah. Will now hear what Vince has to say. Look, okay. Like, hey man, this is a terrible movie. I think we all know it's a terrible movie. There's no real way around that. So at least on my end, mm. I won't be talking about the movie itself. Really? But but so much. Okay. The movie is terrible. <laughs> The actors are terrible. The script is terrible. The direction is terrible. Mm-hmm. All right? Everybody yeah. get that out the way. Yeah. This is Mother May I, so everybody should sort of know that anyway. Having said that, mm-hmm. this movie is, is you know, if you are at a certain age, and, like, this is sort of a piece of black popular culture. I think there was a there was a window of time that at least I'll just speak for myself. Mm-hmm. If you went to the barber shop, right? State property was on. Yeah, like oh the movie, the movie, about. the movie oh, was really? on. You, you know, I realize that I've seen a lot of this movie mm. as I've sat in chairs waiting to see it, and it was a bootleg special. It was a bootleg special, and but but the fact that it was a bootleg special speaks to the fact that there was an audience for it. Mm. So, you know, in a lot of ways, this is a version of the Tyler Perry conversation. Okay. Where you had this audience for it. So what does that say about this as a cultural artifact? So, you know, there's that part of it, you, you know, as far. The other thing, you know, I think there there is an aspect of hip hop culture, one of many aspects. Mm-hmm that I love that and and that I have great fondness for and that is the fact that that you know going back to the beginning of hip hop 
mm-hmm. where you basically had these young black and brown men of color mm-hmm. and women of color just sort of create something out of nothing. Right. And then they made this beautiful art form. Mm-hmm. I think once you get to, you, you know, certainly with Russell Simmons and, you know, argue, maybe you can start before Russell Simmons, but you know, Russell Simmons to uh, Puffy and certainly Rockefeller mm-hmm. was an example of what I'm about to say, where you had these young men and women who said, OK, well, we made this music out of nothing. Right. Like we had nothing and we made something. Why can't we have a clothing line? Like, who going to tell us we can't have a clothing line? Why can't we do all of these different things that people have said you can't do, that there are these sort of gatekeepers that say that, you know, oh, you have to have this technical training. You have to know this type of person. And we made it. So I think this is very much a case of Dame Dash, Jay-Z, whoever involved said, I mean, we've made this music. Many of us have had this criminal slash outlaw past. Mm-hmm. We are in videos and stuff. Why can't we make a movie? So that you get this hour and a half almost extended video almost. Or 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 you you know rock aware because you know everybody in the film wears rock aware gear. You rock know aware commercial. It's a rock, it's an extended rock aware commercial. And from that perspective, mm-hmm. I have to uh, admire is a really strong word, but I have to give them credit. Like, you know, why not make a movie? Like, why can't I make a movie? And, you know, again, it's a terrible movie. Yes. Like, like, like the script is like, I don't know. I don't know if there is a script. There's barely a storyline where, you know, what you just said, Beanie Siegel plays a, a an aspiring drug dealer beans beans which is beanie siegel's nickname <laughs> and then they just sort of murder people like Pretty everyone much. you know there's this weird little how you did get you barely even call it a subplot where his girl gets kidnapped yeah and there's this sort of real violent moment against women which is like wow that doesn't seem like that was necessary for this. Well, they found something else to do with the women besides have them ha- take their clothes off. Besides have them take their clothes off. You know, there's some gratuitous nudity. Like, if there's a woman in it, that's what her role is. She's nude. But, I mean, that that is an aspect of hip-hop culture as well. Okay. Not a proud aspect, but it is. So that, you know, I think this is A black pop culture artifact like you know it's state property so I don't really know what else to say about it quick tangent okay but it will tie into where I'm going. all right awesome one of my favorite comics of all time and I don't remember the exact number it's a very old story um, it's uh, the first time that the Hulk battles the thing Okay. Right. And it's this great Stanley Jack Kirby smorgasbord of of a comic. I think it takes place over like about maybe three issues, two to three issues of Fantastic Four okay. early on in their run. 
right? And this is early on in the run of the Avengers as well, because the Avengers show up in this. Oh, wow. Um, and the Avengers show up uh, because the Hulk is mad at the Avengers because they basically, at this point, had just uh, found Captain America. Okay. And Captain America became came on th- to their team, and in Hulk's mind, you know, replacing the Hulk because he was one of the original Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's the whole thing of he's rampaging, and the Avengers aren't around, so the the Fantastic Four got want to take him on, and the Thing, of course, thinks he could take on the Hulk. So it's them battling right in the streets of streets of New York. But all during this fight, Reed Richards. Mr. Fantastic, who, you know, can stretch, Mm -hmm. he somehow becomes sick and ill, and he can't join in on the fight, so he's left in the Baxter building while Ben and and Johnny and even Sue go to take on the Hulk. Mm -hmm. So at one point, like, Reed, you know, just desperate to join in on the battle, Mm -hmm. is up in in his skyscraper, (laughs) and he's leaning out of the building. And he stretches his arms, and you, you, you know, in an overblown Stanley dialogue, he's like, "Got to get my arm help Ben because he can't take on the Hulk." And Reed passes out, <laughs> hanging out of the window. Yes, but he has stretched his arm. Yes, so now his arm is just this dead arm, <laughs> this dead arm draped across like about three or four rooftops. Right, right. Because he was reaching to reach the thing, Uh but he couldn't make it. Right. That was you. (laughs) With that BS you was just slinging about state property. Hey, look. It was just a bridge too far. Yes, it's... And you could not make it. it, Yeah. Your reed hanging out the window. Yeah, well... Because... There is no saving grace. Nothing. Nothing. All right. Nothing. Because I'll even go, I'll I'll take your pop culture artifact. Yes. Your. A barbershop classic. Barbershop classic slice of hip hop. Yes. You know, you know, this audacity of why can't we make a movie? That's right. And you go and make a movie. Yes. I'll give you all of that. Okay. Bad script. Terrible script. Horrible script. Nothing of no woman of sort. You know, no woman of note, even in the cast. Mm-hmm. But what I will give you is belly. Yeah. That's what belly is. <laughs> Belly's still a piece of crap. Yeah, belly's not. But good. all that you just slang, that's belly. Because at his heart of hearts, you can still look at Belly. You can still appreciate, you know, what my man Hype the Williams, the director of that, is trying to pull from the visuals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What storytelling techniques he's trying to impart in that paper-thin story that is Belly. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you can get lost in the gloss and the glamour of it. And even... As it doesn't have any give women anything of note to do, one at least you've got a woman on the cast in uh, T Boz, yes, and the other actress, and two when they are filmed, there there seems to be more of a appreciation for their form and their beauty 
as opposed to just a lust for them. And that's the difference between what the camera does on women in this film. Because it's all a, it's all about, you know, there's one thing to to show a, 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 a naked woman or a barely, a barely clothed woman and to to appreciate the imagery of that. And then there's another thing to show it and just put it full on blast like look at this yeah you know what yeah. i mean and that's what this is it's the difference between hustler and playboy mm. you know or penthouse that's what this is in regards to women and in regards to hip-hop this is the difference between jay-z's rockefeller and beanie siegel's rockefeller yeah, because Jay Z's Rockefeller tried to was at least of a higher mind lyrically and musically. Mm. Beanie's Rockefeller is all straight streets. Okay, that's all I know. That's all I need to know, and that's what I'm going to show you. But even in showing you the streets, he can't even come up with an artistic way of doing that. Why? Because there's no artistry in anything that Beans or any of his crew ever did. Oh. There's nothing there. Every, did they every once in a while have a beat that you could bounce your head to? Maybe. But for the most part, none of them was bringing anything different to the genre. The only one who loosely bring, brought anything different to the genre was Freeway. Right. Because he had a left, at least a different staccato, a different rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, came off with like a slightly different vibe from them. Everybody else is just, you know, a cookie cutter, you know, like, uh, 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 washed out version of their leader beans who really wasn't all that either. Right. You know what I mean? So then when you then put them on, on a film, you gotta imagine that Rockefeller along with Lionsgate probably got them some kind of, budget probably not a huge budget yeah not at all not at all but some kind of some kind of budget they got a a six hundred thousand dollar budget if you only spend that six hundred thousand dollars on your equipment and your director you should be able to come up with a better looking movie than this this movie looks like it was filmed on the cell phones of the day yeah not the cell phones of today upon which you could film belly right the cell phones of the of that day they were made for that this $600,000 budget, this all went to the Rockefeller gear. Right. Because none of it is in the production values. None of it is in any of the sets. They they basically filmed on corners and houses inside of Philadelphia. There was no kind of set dressing being done at all. Um, and maybe you could argue, yeah, but are you really going to state property looking for that? Maybe not. You don't go in for state property you know what you're hitting for. Yeah. So you're looking for that grimy. You're looking for that raw. You know what I'm saying? It can't even give you that because the grimy is 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 dumb. It's, yeah. It's 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 uh it's it's unintelligible. It's is that a word? Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's unintelligible. It's it's um it's like you said, there's no type of story story to it. It's it, uh, and what story there is is bungled with all this 
you know, everybody trying to sound cooler than the next dude and talking in, in nothing but slang. I mean, you might as well just had subtitles underneath this joint, man, because sometimes you don't even know what the hell they're talking about. Right. You know, it, it, it's all messy, messy in that. Um, and it's basically just an excuse to get to one corny, stupid blood pack murder after another after another oh wait we got to get we got to show some titties yeah and that's all this movie is so much so that when yes the the young girl his his uh girlfriend who you're introduced to some part in the movie like about 20 freaking minutes into the movie and then you don't hear from her again till right, it's time, to kidnap, it's time her, to kidnap her you know almost an hour later yeah you know so much so that when she is kidnapped in that strangely like it goes like a real violent you know i mean it's yeah. violent throughout i should to be fair but the but the violence is cartoon violence the violence you know why the violence is cartoon violence because just like because just like in the cartoons they can't even shoot straight right the guys are standing as close as me and you yeah. and they're firing off like 12 shots and they're missing each other yeah and then when they ultimately shoot each other shoot somebody and if you watch this film you'll notice that a lot of time when they actually shoot somebody Follow the the gun. It's actually shooting off. Yeah, but the person got hit. I'm like, yeah. what? Seriously? Yeah. Is this is this is, is this happening? Is this? Ha-? And then you got that strangely violent scene, like you're talking about against the, against the girlfriend. Um, and when Beans finds her, why they take her clothes off? Yeah, all of a sudden her her clothes are off. She's not naked, but she's a. But, Thankfully, she's one of the, one of the women that said probably said like, "No, I'm not doing a nude scene because yeah. she's the only one in here who keeps any type of clothes on." Right? You know, um, it's I mean, it's just really such a it, it's a waste of time. Yeah, it, it is. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of six hundred thousand um, dollars, and and also. You could, like you said, it's it's Rockefeller trying to, in my mind, beat Bad Boy to the punch. Because you can imagine that Puff would begging to make a movie right with with his Bad Boy Bad Boy crew. You know, probably what threw what messed that up was um, Big Biggie dying, yeah, Biggie dying. Because that's the only one that could actually move the needle for that, right? You know, nobody's going to go see a movie with Mace. You no. know, um, but you can see. Um, Puff would definitely want to do that. So Rockefeller beats him to the punch. And now this is Dame, Damon Dash opportunity to show the world like, yo, I'm I'm just as good as Puff. Right, right. You I know, have a personality. Cool. I got a personality. Yeah, I got like charisma. And yeah. all that charisma. I got personality. I got charisma. I got talent. I don't rap. But watch, watch me do this acting thing. Right. So he now gets on your, his curb your enthusiasm. And I, I don't need a script. I'm going to improvise every freaking thing that I say. Yeah. And he proves himself to be not only talentless. He proves himself to be a moron. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's a moron. He's a he's a real freaking moron. Um not only does does the character that he played prove to be just just dumb and and needlessly ruthless and and all this type of stuff, um and you don't believe that there's any intelligence, a sense of intelligence in his head at all. But he's a moron in being a producer of this that, you know, if you're looking at this film, it's like, yo, 
let's just put this joint straight to video. Like you said, this had a short-lived yeah. Oh, yeah. release, you know? So you don't think they made their money back? They made their money back. Okay. They made uh, it made two million. Okay. So they yeah, did make their money. It's not back. really that moronic then. Okay. Well, I guess. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. You know. Fair enough. You called me out on that. You did. You did. But you said that Damon Dash was maybe the best actor. In he this. was certainly the one that I could pay the most attention to. Now, see, now I think the best actor in this movie, who gets second billing. Yet he's maybe on here in this movie for, I don't think, a total of five minutes Mm -hmm. is Jay-Z. It's Jay-Z, yeah. And why? Why? Because Jay-Z smartly barely says anything. Yeah. It's almost all looks with him in the film. And two, because when he does say something, he says it once. These guys repeat their lines and nauseam yes, in this movie. True. And, and Damon never had a word come out of his mouth that he didn't think was funny, so funny that I need to say it two or three times. Yeah. And he does that all throughout this movie. Jay Z says a, a line once, next, keep it moving. Hey, 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 hey. I'm not going to fight with you about who the best act is <laughs> in state property. In state property. You know, the bad thing. And and they're they're you know like a lot of these you know videos from this moment and music from this moment like you can kind of see the moments where all of the players involved said I watched Goodfellas mm-hmm. a million times yep. I watched this stuff and now I want to have my little bit yep for some reason I thought this came out after The Wire. But The Wire actually starts in 2002 as well, Mm -hmm. which, you you know, I think it's 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 amazingly unfair to compare The Wire to this. But when you think about sort of the 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 foundation of why The Wire is celebrated as much Mm -hmm. is because David Simon was a reporter, right? And he brought this 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 realism mm-hmm. to the text, and and you know and and, and you know you you saw the 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 Barksdale family for the most part later on Marlowe, and and when you read about it, he says a lot of this was based on yeah on my reporting right that he had done over the years, and you know as you mentioned in your description, this is loosely based on. Of Philadelphia crime family. The Junior Black Mafia. The Junior Black Mafia from the early 80s. The bad thing is, if you take, you know, these people at their word, you know, Benny Siegel, you know, Memphis Bleak, like all of the people around, these are men who kind of know these stories. Mm-hmm. So that what David Simon reported on, a lot of these men either lived it. Right. Or were right there when it was happening. And just with a bit more effort, Hmm. you could have gotten some storytelling that was a little bit more than, you know, these kind of cartoon set pieces of people shooting up. You you know, I think the myths that these stories have become. The myths that these stories have become. And and again, I think, you, you know, one of the reasons that I'm a huge fan of The Wire is that you know when we talk about these these you know mostly young men in the drug trade 
you know, you kind of talk about them like they're just sort of these savage animal beast of the field. Right. But it's like any other business. Exactly. Where it takes a certain level of intelligence to succeed. Exactly. And if you were there, you knew that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's almost like a wasted opportunity. It, it's almost like instead of talking about what you actually knew, if you know, you know, I don't know Beanie Siegel, I don't know his life, I don't know these people's lives. But instead of talking about what you actually knew, you're imitating bits from movies that you've seen. Right, right. And then you get this. And then, you know, again, this, the same year, we're, we're going to get this depiction of this exact same story. Pretty much. But with all of the complexity and nuance that it takes to, you know, be a successful outlaw. Right. So, yeah. but, but yeah, you know, hey, hey. The best actor in this, that's not a conversation I'm going to have. <laughs> you think Jay-Z does better than Dame Dash? All right. I, I also think that it was when Jay-Z looked back and watched this finished film mm-hmm. that he realized, you know what? I ain't going to be on this Rockefeller thing much longer. Oh, well, then there's... Well, you know. Because it wasn't much longer. Hey, that is the book that is yet to be written that we're all, well, at least I'm waiting to read. I'm fascinated by that aspect of it. Mm, yeah. But to my early point, though, this is something that kind of resonated for a minute. Like, there really was that moment See, when it was on, like, it was around. I think what resonated, at least with, with me. Now, now, admittedly, I haven't gone to barbershops in a long time. But, um... I think what resonated, and around this time, I wasn't even going to barbershops because um, I had locks <laughs> long ago. Um, what was resonating was the audacity of state property beans coming up from the streets. Because, yes, they were streets. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They, they knew they were about that life. Getting the rap opportunity that they did and then, you know... Doing the whole state property clothing line, right? And now right. they were going to do a movie, so people they wanted, you know, okay, maybe this is the blueprint for all the, you know all these other hustlers out here, right? And they for, just sort of supported them, yeah. So you, yeah, so you support that, and 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 I think, and 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 in doing so, you know, I give it up to them. God bless, you know. But if your finished product doesn't show any, like, at the end of the day, a state property album, regardless of what I may say of the, think of the lyrics and the music, at the end of the day, it was a professional album. Yes. That was done in, that sound like it was professionally made in a studio. Yes. If you only give that same level of care to the film, making the film, then you maybe you've got something not a great movie, but something worth at least looking at, right? Aesthetically, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And but they didn't. It was it was just quickly going for the lowest common denominator, yeah. You know? Which I also thought was actually indicative of a lot of their clothing line because they're basically just stamping state property on whatever, right? So right. I never got into a whole lot of like the last. Of those celebrity um, clothing lines, and I don't think I've ever actually ever gotten any celebrity 
clothing line. The only one that I ever really hardcore supported was, um, you know, everybody for a minute supported like cross colors. Right, right. Back. But I, I supported FUBU. Okay, I like I, I did like Fubu. I thought Fubu was a, of, of a higher and there was quality. design there. Yeah, and there was a design. There was, there was an design. artistry to, yeah. to what he was doing. Uh, the rest of them, um, even to a de- even to a degree, Fat Farm, I thought mm-hmm. was pretty much you know Russell, like you know chasing Polo, chasing Tommy Polo figure. Yeah, you know, so I didn't see a whole lot of like you know originality in his stuff either. Right, you know, but I I certainly never bought anything state property. Right, right, right. Well, there you go. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's our review of State Property. So, no, don't watch it. <laughs> don't watch it. Please do not waste your time. Oh, yeah, there's no reason to. Like watch. Vince said, watch The Wire. If you have already watched The Wire, watch The Wire again. Because you missed something. Because Trust me, you did. For And honestly, The Wire is the reason why I... Am hesitant to watch something like The Shy, even though I think The Shy is basically a different story. Yeah, yeah it's a different. Yeah, but for but because The Wire, which yes did talk about the drug trade, but because it did go into like different aspects of corruption, right, in this city of Baltimore, like there's almost a a part of when I see certain TV shows or movies, like uh, I've been there, done that, saw the wire, right? And and that's not fair. I no, admit that no, it's not no, fair. no, because because people t- say I should see watch. Yeah, the show. Yeah, it's also on my list. See, yeah, but it's lots of stuff on my list. There is a lot of I'm stuff on our list. Sitting, dicking around with Lost in Space. <laughs> There you go. All right. So this whole month was a terrible idea. Are we going to have to do this every year? <laughs> like, do you just want this to be your thing every May? No, we don't have to do this again. Yeah, because I hated this. But, 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 however, while we don't have to do this again, I do think that we in selecting our films should every once in a while make sure that we're we're getting some of the we're doing the, the bad pro- ones i mean i think we you know we well, all right well we I'll, I'll just say all right because because yeah. these were terrible i mean yes they were they were even though some would argue that is Passenger 57 terrible no it's not terrible it's movie. just a bad movie but, yeah but yeah four in a row is that this was hurt this is this hurt my soul a little bit. Yeah. I think Passenger 57. I kind of sighed very heavily as I was watching State Property. See, I think you're going to look back on this block of shows and you're going to be mad you selected Passenger 57. Right. Like because it should, when you block, you're right. You like it should have been in there with State Property, yeah. Welcome Home Brother Charles, and Soul Plane. No, we're not Welcome Home Brother Charles. Um, Oh, not Welcome Home Brother Charles. Yeah, it's Welcome Home Brother no, Charles. Not, no, it was um, the Tyler Perry one. Diary of a Diary Mad, Mad Black, Black Woman. Woman, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Welcome Home Brother Charles was your Afrofuturism. Oh, yeah, I claim Welcome Home Brother Charles. Okay, so 
State property, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yes. Soul Plane. Yes, and then, yeah, Passenger 57 shouldn't have been in there. Yeah, I mean... You're right, you're right. Yeah, right. yeah bad vents. Oh, well, I needed something. I need something to breathe. <laughs> Jeez, these are some bad movies right here. So, no pressure. But, Lynn, you're going to have to bring it next week. Do I? Yeah, you do. Don't, come on, don't, 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 don't do no foolishness. What are we gonna do next week? Give me something to, give me something, give me something to chew on. Give me something to, give me something, give me something, Lynn. Like it don't have to be killer sheep or anything, but but give me something. I need something, Lynn. Okay. I need some nuance. I need some acting. You need some acting. Oh, give me something, Lynn. Give come on, give it to me. You acting, asking for a lot if you want acting. <laughs> come on, give it to me. Come on. I need it. Okay. I think you'll like this one. Okay, come on. I think I think I'm going to do you uh, do you a solid. Do me a solid, Lynn. All right. All right. Next week. Yes. On the Michelle mission. Yes. We will be reviewing. All right. Here we go. Menace to Society. Wow. Okay. Wow. Why 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 are you going so big? Because I figured we need, as depressing as that film is, we need a little sunshine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was I was tossing between that and another film, but I actually want to see if I can get. Um, there's a guest I want to see if I can get on for the other film. So I don't. Okay. Wanna, I don't want to throw it out there yet. All right. Is this? Is this our? Fr- I mean, I guess poetic justice no but not really like this is our first kind of west coast gangster like one of those yeah, 90s we haven't done west boys coast. in the hood yeah we haven't done any of I them i guess you want to say straight out of compton but that's not really west no coast right 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 that wouldn't count okay yeah all right hughes brothers yeah yeah and i we i don't think we've done them yet i don't think we've done any film by the hughes brothers we didn't do dead presidents nope Presidents? Nope. Okay. Well, all right. All right. So, menace to society. Menace to society. All right. Yeah, and you got to give the the audience something to to, to watch. Yeah, because yeah, we've been asking them to watch some. We've been asking them to do a lot. Yeah, it's, it's some losers. Okay. All right. All right. So next week, menace to society here on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, which you can catch as a radio show. On 1 p.m. every Saturday on WPPMLP 106.5 FM, People Powered Media, phillycam.org here in Philadelphia and Camden. And also catch it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and we know you're finding us on Spotify. Yes. And every place that good podcasts be, including as a proud member of the Podglomerate podcast network where you can check out a whole host of shows curated just for your enjoyment just like the feast which is history on a plate check it out they just finished their second season it was pretty dope um i think we uh, covered everything right there i believe so i think we have um and there uh okay so He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. 
We'll see you when it's time to meet again. time to better do it's been a pleasure knowing you i'll see you when it's time to meet again